Take it all one day at a time and enjoy the journey. Dallas Willard um, famously said, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. He was asked for one piece of advice. Well, this would be it. Just rid yourself of hurry and enjoy the present. Give us today and help us to appreciate it and enjoy it for all that's within it. I want to challenge us with the verse, um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to come back to it and look at it a little bit more. Um, when we've talked about the heart in the Bible, often it's translated um, the mind. Okay, So where your treasure is, there your mind will be, there your thoughts will be. That's what you'll spend your day on. Okay, and we need to hear that, that challenge of where is our treasure? What are we holding? What are we holding tight? Our treasure is our measure of a full day. Okay? Our treasure is our measure of a full day. If we're inviting God to provide in our day, then he is our treasure, isn't he? If we're standing at the beginning of the day and saying, give us this day, and we thank you for this day, and we are thinking about God. He is our treasure. And so we will not ruminate about Storm Gorge or George or <laughs> something and what's happening outside. Are the cars in their handbrake up or, um, or, or um, coronavirus, right? Like we, we won't ruminate about things over and over again, but we'll ruminate, we'll think on, on him. What's he doing in this day? What goodness is he sprinkling into our life? Give us today our daily bread. We have the next slide. No. Here we go. I love this. And as much as I want one, I don't think that this is what he meant. Um, I think it was more of a, like, ask me for everything, you know? Martin Luther in the 16th century said this prayer includes food, drink, clothes, shoes, home, land, animals, money and goods, a godly husband or wife, devout children, good workers, honest and faithful leaders, good government, good weather, peace, health, law and order and an honourable name, faithful friends, trustworthy neighbours and things like that. What are you asking him for? John Mark Comer in his book says, actually, we just need three things. We need shelter, and we need food, and we need clothes. And he actually used the example of how he has limited his wardrobe, um, girls get ready to be shocked, um, to two outfits, that he actually realized, I don't need more than that. Like, we just need simplicity. We live in such a cluttered culture. So hands up if you love Sostrine Green. I'm a big fan of Sostrine Green, right? The, <laughs> so me and you, Louise, okay? So we love it. We're going to go there next Saturday. Um, but yesterday I walked into it because I was like, oh, it's, you know, the Sostrine Green's um, sort of ethos is simplify your life, right? And I walked in and, uh, and, and I was like, gosh, I should get tea lights. I should get um, a flower press. Um, I should, you know, and I was kind of like in this dizziness of, oh, consumerism, right? Um, 
And, and although these things, are, and Sostrian Green is amazing, and flower presses, there's such space for them, but isn't that the trick, isn't it, of our culture, that like, if you consume this, if you buy this, then your life will be simple. If you get this organizer, this planner, or sort out, have this amazing smartphone, you know, this is going to organize your life. This is going to simplify it. And of course, we live in North Down, and it's a bit of a, a, bit of a bamboozle situation, isn't it? We walk in, and we're, we're plagued by adverts, and, uh, and we walk into places, and we feel, oh my goodness, um, I need to get, I need to get. And actually, I love John Mark Comer's saying, food, shelter. Some outfits. <laughs> I'm not going to limit it to tea. God is our provider, isn't he? And we lean on God, and we need to learn to lean more on God for his provision. Jehovah Jireh means our provider. So what are some of the stories that he's provided for his people? We have the loaves and the fish. We have the disciples on the water, and they're like, they're not getting any fish. It's not happening for them. And Jesus says, throw your nets over the other side. No, are you serious? Like, we're doing our best here. We're bringing in, like, the nets, not fish. And he's like, throw them over. I know the way. I know how to provide. And, of course, they catch loads. Manna for the Israelites in the wilderness. Like, Provision, the Garden of Eden, Elijah being fed by the ravens, Abraham getting a lamb instead of his son at the last moment, right? Jesus providing him for our freedom, providing the Holy Spirit until he returns. Psalm 81 10 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. Luke 12, 24. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. I love, as a parent, I love seeing... Um, sometimes I can cook kind of healthy, good meals, and when I do, I really enjoy seeing the boys eating them and knowing that that's really good for them. Our Father longs to provide for us. He knows what we need and he knows what's good for us. And I wonder if I can challenge you just to think now of those stories, of those times that he's been your provider. When has he provided for you? For me, there's been times that I've come to a wall and I've just thought, I can't move that. I don't know what to do. And he has this ability of just changing a cog, changing a circumstance. There's been times when his provision doesn't really look like help initially because uh, it's, it's not a quick fix. And we love quick fixes, don't we? But it turns out that it's his way of providing in the long term. It was actually my perspective that was limited. He's provided for me in so many ways. Most, starting with me, sobbing flat on my face, right? 
Through jobs, through children, through meeting Ben, through houses. He's provided for church. Through like even just providing people <laughs> to gather together. We didn't know that would happen. Through kids ministry. Through leaders that just selflessly just are putting their Sundays up there with the kids as well. And they're like following Jesus and serving through other people, just serving in so many ways. He's provided because he's building his church. And we want to be a church that gives him his place in being our rescuer time and again and provider and builder of the church. And each of us has accounts, don't we? where we've been in desperate need and we've seen God come through. It fills us with absolute panic in the moment and it's a very uncomfortable place. But he comes and he provides and that's the God that we have and we need to remember and fill our head with those times again and again. We like to feel like we've got enough resources so that we don't have to get ourselves in that position of vulnerability of helplessness, of surrender. It feels weak. The tears mixed with snot just are not a great look either. But it's such an important place to be. Down in the muck, that place of trust. The moments that you can't do a thing, but he has to step in. So if we can have the next slide. Matthew 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So what are we asking for? What is he capable of today? What are we missing in our day? And what should we, or could we, be asking for? Last week, we looked at his kingdom come and not our own. Whose kingdom are we building? Is it God's or is it ours? Are we building his kingdom but trying our best in our power and our strength? Or are we building our kingdom in our power and our strength? I want to look at Saul a little bit today. The Bible says in Samuel that he was the son of a rich man as handsome as a young man um, as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. So he was attractive, and he was wealthy, and he was physically large. So he made a good first impression. He also was really good with his words. So he had a lot that he could lean on in life. He had a lot that he could create himself. And when he became the king of Israel, he enjoyed this success, and he kind of seemed to forget his limitations. He was so busy conquering places and different worlds. And when he came to an impending battle with the Philistines, who was Israel's arch enemy, right? They were waiting at Gilgal for Samuel to come and, and offer the burnt offerings, just to recognize that we're giving God his place. Like, this is how we have been taught to do this. We, we want to honour God above the battle. But Saul wasn't very good at waiting. And Saul became a bit irritable and impatient. And he kept looking at his watch or sundial or something to, to, to think, when is Samuel coming? Come on, let's get going. 
What do we need? His self-importance had grown, and he decided, of course, to offer the sacrifice himself. Well, I'll do this. We don't really need Samuel. We don't really need to honor God in this. But of course, that was such a serious breach of the covenant, of the promise between God and the people. And it was the thing that prophets did, the sacrifices, not the kings. And Saul had just lost himself in his consuming self-importance. And, uh, and he leant on himself. And then God told him, no, your kingdom's not going to endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And Saul struggled hard to hold on to his throne. And he competed with David, obviously. And, and things just got out of control. But we see other examples, don't we, through the story in the Bible of, uh, of control taking over. We're not letting God have his place as our provider. The Israelites just getting bored of waiting for God to provide rules, and so they built a golden cow. Or Adam and Eve just taking control in the garden. They've got everything provided. But they, they thought, really, are you going to provide for us? Maybe we'll take this into our own hands. And they lost such an opportunity of a life of wonder and surrender. We need to be sure whose kingdom we're calling in. But we also need to be sure of who is building it in our lives. Are we bringing our lives to God on a daily basis? Don't underestimate God. And don't overestimate yourself. Are we trusting God to be the provider for simple things, complex needs? Are we getting vulnerable with our Jehovah Jireh? Let's get honest about what we think he's providing and what he actually is. We live in a DIY world, don't we? Do it yourself. We can't rely on anyone to get the job done. So uh, Ben can testify to this, that um, when, uh, whenever I want something um, to happen in the house, um, I'll kind of get impatient of waiting. Ben will want to do it really well and, uh, and line things up. Say I wanted a picture put up, he'll want to kind of like line things up and get it looking really good. Um, that'll take a bit of time. I don't have that. I'm a bit like Saul. I'm like, I am impatient. I will do it myself. And I go to the garage and I get a big hammer. I'm just like, bang done and uh, so if you lift any picture off in our house you'll see underneath it gashes and big holes where I've had a good go at it or things like um, oh we really need this you know table moved downstairs from upstairs oh I couldn't wait until Ben you get home from work I'll have to 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 do that myself and and I end up like ridiculously moving big tables and things and trying to like get them down the stairs much to the detriment of our hall staircase right that just has scrapes and things and broken things so yeah you're uh, you're never coming around to my house now um but I have a son that's quite similar so uh so he'll see like a three liter thing of milk in the in the fridge and he'll be like going to pour it onto his cereal but I know that his arm it's just not going to quite do it without two hands I'm like here Son, I can do that for you. I'll, I'll help you. I can do it myself. And, uh, and those are his, his words. Those are his famous words. I can do it myself. And, and we see value in that, don't we? We see value in that, uh, 
that kind of world, that kind of culture of do it yourself, like self-help. We need to be clear what we're bringing to the table and what he is and what we're asking him for. We say thanks for the food at uh, at dinner time in our house, and that kind of ranges from thanks God to a more elaborate sort of prayer, like appreciating my ability to cook and, and all of that as well. Um, but it's so important that we do we're able to do a paper trail with our kids and and just even for ourselves that we're celebrating His provision around the table, that we're able to do a paper trail. Well, you know, we have this food because we have this job, and we have this job because one day we thought, oh, I'm not going to get that job, but I asked God to help me in that interview, and I got that job. And so, um, and it goes on. But I think it's really important to do that sort of paper trail. He's our provider, and he calls us to the table to celebrate him. And what we receive, we're generous with. A previous leader of mine was just excellent at this concept. He's like, I have a car, it's your car. I have a house, it's your house, whenever you need to use it. I have my money, but you can have it if you need it. He was excellent at just being this example. Give us each day what we need. Clothes, roof, food, and we won't keep it to ourselves as if we're the rightful owner. I remember um, in the very early stages of parenthood, I really struggled with anxiety because I all of a sudden had this little person who depended on me and, uh, and I felt like I really had to, to do everything to look after him. Um, and I was reminded that I actually wasn't the main provider um, of this little baby, that I was the steward for a time. In other words, I didn't have to control everything in relation to my baby, but freely receive him as a gift with open hands and allow God to show how he could provide through friendships, through school, through health, through circumstances. We freely receive, we freely give. We're open-handed with our provision, aren't we? And if we're not, we need to open our hands a bit. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's your treasure? Are you worrying about tomorrow? Are you trying to provide and work out tomorrow on your own? What are you storing up? Maybe keeping separate, keeping a wee bit aside from God. Sometimes as a parent, I think that the wisest thing I can do when I'm offered to play an amazing game of Duplo and create everything is to go, um, I'm going to need to conserve some of my energy <laughs> um, for tomorrow. So um, I'm going to say no to this game so that I'll be able to do it tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow comes and I'm like, oh, no. I don't want to play it again. Um, but actually, what I'm learning is that 
um, I have enough energy. Um, I have enough provision for today. You know, um, I have a call as a parent, as a mom, um, and I have to, I have enough um, for tomorrow. I'm not being asked to conserve. I'm not being asked to hold on and protect things. If I have a call on my life, I have enough for that day. But he hasn't given me loads of energy for like the week, you know? He hasn't asked me for that, but I, I just need to call to him. I just need to ask him for more. So what's he calling you to in this season? Because there will be grace provision for it every day. But we need to call on him. We don't need to store up. We don't need to hide things from him and go, oh, I don't know about that. He says, leave everything and come follow me. So what's the most important thing? Give him his place this morning. What are the things that you're holding on the tightest to? Where your treasure is, there your heart, there your mind will be also. So what are the things that you're thinking of? What are the things that go through your head all the time or a lot of the time? Because that's your treasure. But if he's your treasure... It might be, you know, I'm using my example of parenting and that, that idea of fear, you know, that kind of gripped me for a while. The other examples might be, you know, like job, our expectations of ourselves and our jobs, keeping ourselves busy, approval, controlling another area, just giving it just a level too high. Some people wake up and fire through the day thinking about the next. We want productive, full, great days. But our treasure is the measure of a full day. Let's be a people who wake up and appreciate the day that they were given. The breath that they are given. Even just taking some time for five minutes. I don't know, who has five minutes in the morning? Ah, We can, right? We take five minutes and just breathe in, deep breathing, breathe out, just say thank you, recognize that he's provided, and the simple provisions, and pay attention to the day, to the details in the day, and to what the Holy Spirit is hovering over in your day. Be present to the gift of today. So what do we need to surrender What do we need to get honest about? When we ask him to give us everything for this day, are we going to richly enjoy each answer and take time over the moments within it? I think uh, that gratefulness um, sort of habit that has been developing and, and been talked about a lot more, the gratitude, Um, is an excellent practice of just saying thank you for two things in the morning. What are the two things that I'm going to just be grateful for in the morning? Let's set our minds, set our heart, make him our treasure. Before anything else, before we lift our phones and we check who's liked me, uh, or check what other country now, 
has the virus or how many more people, right? Like, let's give him our best thought, our best. Let's make him our treasure in the morning and in the evening. Is there anything distracting us from living our best life today? What's on the throne of our hearts? Where is our treasure? So what does he want you to bring this morning? What's he asking you to bring to him this morning? Giving him his place, he's going to release loads more treasures. You know, I was thinking about this and I felt like it was a bit like, um, do you know whenever um, as a kid you're told like, if you could have one wish, what would it be? And then you would say, to have as many wishes as you could ever have. Um, or, but I, I felt like, yeah, there's something in that, you know. Um, that, that actually when we say, oh, to be really rich, or um, what, what, what wish could you have? Oh, to be really powerful. Um, but actually with God, when we put him as the treasure in our lives, he releases loads more treasure, loads more treasure. He says, come as you are. I'm the father who gives good gifts to his children. And there's freedom in the everyday. For some of us, um, it feels like we've been asking for what we need daily, and it just doesn't feel like it's coming. Like, I have this complex need, and it's not, it's not being answered, it's not coming. And I wanted just to reflect on, on what's happening in our kids' room, is that they're being asked to, right, what are we, what are we on the God spot for? Like, what things do you want to pray for? And they're coming with the same stuff week after week. And their peers are saying, like, um, not that again. Are you serious? Like, do we have to pray for that again? Can we not have something different and new? And, uh, and actually what the teaching is that's happening in the kids' room is that they're able to be pressing into, do you know what? Like, sometimes we have to just keep on being faithful to praying in. Like, we are just... We, we want to be weighty with prayer, right? And they're learning that, um, that, that this doesn't mean that God's not good. It doesn't mean that he's not for us. But it, it's just about bringing that same prayer that he, yeah, that we're being faithful. But they're not standing alone. They're gathered. They've got like a group gathered around them and praying with them. For some of us, we can relate to the storms that have been coming physically recently. And we really need reminded that he doesn't bring storms. He's not a God who brings storms, but he brings the rescue. He brings the rescue. He calls the storms to still. He brings the rescue, not the storm. For those people, each day is an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I'm still holding your hand. I'm still faithful to holding your hand. I'm still believing in your goodness. I'm still trusting that you are faithful and that you will do this. And no matter what my circumstance is, you are unchanging you are holy and that you are good. 
Yeah. Let's pray as we stand. Yeah, Lord, we just, um, we lift you up as our good, faithful Father. Yeah, you see the storms. You see the storms in each of our lives. You know them. And you are guiding us safe to shore. You are guiding us. You are holding firm in the storm and we cling to you. And Lord, we just um, want to take this opportunity to lay anything that you have been talking to us as I've been speaking about that, that has become like a treasure that has no place being a treasure. And we offer, we offer these, these, um, these idols, these things that have got in your way. And where we've felt that we can control um, and we can take care of our lives, we surrender and we say sorry. And we ask that you would give us today everything that we need. And we trust you for your good gifts. We open our eyes to see who you are and what you're doing. Let us leave a legacy. Let us be a people who give you our praise and our thanks. And today, Father, we surrender and we love you. And we thank you that you are with us every step.